0: Acts chapter 24 today, and the topic is, I called it, Clear the Clutter, Acts 24, hopefully that will make some sense to you, but Acts 24, there's a bunch of, a number of things in God's Word that talk about how we live life and and, um, in regards to society and so forth, and uh, well, let's take a look at a couple of things to start off with in Acts 24. Uh, it's a great verse that I always think about. And, uh, uh, verse 24, chapter sorry, verse 10. Then Paul, after that the governor had beckoned unto him to speak, answered, For as much as I know that thou hast been of many years a judge unto this nation, I do the more cheerfully answer for myself. Because that thou mayest understand that there are yet but twelve days since I went up to Jerusalem for the worship. And they neither found me in the temple, disputing with any man, neither raising up the people, which is what they had accused him of, neither in the synagogue nor in the city. Neither can they prove the things whereof they now accuse me. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and in the prophets, and have hope toward God. They themselves also allow that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense, offense toward God and man. He said, I exercise myself to always have a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men." It's the same phrase, phrasing that's used where it says, Give not offense to Jews, Gentiles, or Church of God. Paul said he lived his life that, that he would not have an offense towards God or man in his conscience. No offense. Uh, look at 1 Peter chapter 2. A little more information on... There's a few, quite a few sections in God's Word that talk about this same topic, but we'll just look at a couple of, to start off with. 1 Peter chapter 2. It kind of remind me of, uh, of Samuel... Uh, if you'll remember, uh, when Samuel, they asked uh, Samuel to have a king over Israel, and God, you know, he wasn't very happy about it. Uh, and when he when he was responding to them, he said, he said to the people, "Have I ever offended anybody? Have I ever defrauded anybody? Have I ever taken advantage of anybody?" And they said, "No, no, you haven't." And that was his approach to them—to to live a life where in your life you don't offend or you know uh, openly knowingly cause anybody to stumble or take from people and all these things uh, remind me of that in 1st Peter chapter 2 verse um, 11 dearly beloved I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims I love that I love that verse strangers and pilgrims makes you feel good a lot of times in life because it certainly doesn't feel like home sometimes Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul having your conversation honest among the Gentiles having an honest conversation among the Gentiles of the nations, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Why do you do it? For the Lord's sake. Whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God. That with well-doing, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. See how God encourages believers to live honestly in front of all. Um, verse 16 is free. Not using your liberty for a cloak of malicious. You know, you're free to do whatever you want. He says, you just don't use that to be malicious. But as the servants of God, honor all men, honor all, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So to, to live, you know, a life without reproach in the eyes of the world is what God asks us to do. Uh, if you'll remember in the Old Testament, again, remember the people in the nation went after Daniel. And they said and they couldn't find anything to accuse Daniel of. They said, okay, we're going to have to find something that relates to his God. To deal with this, because they couldn't find anything. He he lived honestly. Um, that's what he did, and this is where what God's word tells us to do, right? So that no one will have any evil thing to say to say of you. Uh, Romans puts it like living live as much as lie in you, live peaceably, peaceably with all. Man, live peaceably. That is our external, if you will view towards society and the things that we deal with on a day-by-day basis governments kings authorities and all these things the way we live and god tells us to live honestly without reproach but there's an even higher level than this that i want to consider today that's one that's one level there's an even higher level of living that even supersedes my mind these exhortations and let's go to Matthew to look at that briefly Matthew chapter 5 Matthew 5 verse 21 You have heard that it was said by them of old time that thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hellfire. And there, if you notice, the the order is re, in, revert in, sorry inverted there because the worst punishment is for the least offense. The point that Jesus Christ was making that before you get to a point where you're in danger of hellfire, things start by saying something simple as thou fool. You just start thinking in your mind of little things and then that leads leads to the point where you put yourself in a situation where you're in trouble. Therefore, verse 23, this is a great word, therefore if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother had ought against thee. So here he's talking about worship. He says, when you go to worship, and you remember, and where, where, where do people remember things? Their mind, right? So we're talking about the mind. This is what I wanted to get to, clearing the clutter of our minds. Here he says, when you go to worship, and you go there and you go, you remember that thing that your brother has against you, or you might have against him, what does Jesus Christ say? Continue to worship and de- no, He says, "Leave there thy gift before the altar, put it down, and go thy way. First, be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift." That's a pretty strong statement by Jesus Christ, isn't it? He's saying that if there's something between you and a brother, or any, you know, a situation that, that 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 exists, he said before you. Consider worship, deal with that situation, which is interesting. This is, you know, I was thinking about the first couple of verses we read is our, is how we approach society and the things that are around us. And we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but here we're talking about what's in our minds, in our regular daily daily thoughts about us and others and how we consider those things and how those things can actually have an impact on our worship of God. And Jesus said, you deal with that. And then you come and worship. Okay, that's what he says. Um, look at Ephesians chapter 4. It's akin to where, you know, 1 John says, How can you love God who you have not seen, if you don't love your brother whom you have seen? Now, just to paraphrase Ephesians chapter 4, we're just going to look at a few verses today in what we've called together the practical sections, if you will, of the epistles. And one thing we've got to remember about practical sections of the epistles is that that doesn't mean there's no doctrine in them, right? That's not what it means. It means that there's generally, you know, a flow of what you do. But this is all preceded by, Acts, Ephesians 4 is preceded by Romans chapter 1 through 8 and Ephesians chapter 1 through 3. Which tells you everything that Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. So when we look at this section and a few verses here, recognize that this is all because of all that, which is the justification you have in Christ, the you know the forgiveness of all sins that you'd ever commit in the past or the future. He's sanctified for heaven, set apart for set apart, seated with him identified with him, all those wonderful is in the heavenlies, you can go on and on and on. We can talk about that for a few hours too. But because of all of that, then God says, and sometimes you know we we tend to elevate that stuff in the doctrine, this is a doctrine. Well, the doctrine is no good if you don't follow it, if you don't actively act on it. And so when God says things like in chapter four, I therefore, he says, because of all that I've just told you, Romans chapter one through eight, Ephesians one through three, all those wonderful things, because of that, I would like you now to do this. And again, the the thing, the religion gets all confused or reversed here is they try to do these things to get to the others, and that's not how it works. You, You do these things because of all that has been done on our behalf. So we have to keep that in focus and not forget that. It's not just some effort to live in some certain way, to get, earn God's blessing or praise or love or anything like that. It's nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with what he's done already. So verse 1, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now we're going to jump down to verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Does it mean that we could not put it on? Good, right? I mean, God's exhortation is because of all that I've done, this is how you should walk. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, you know, um, you remember a teaching years ago, we had heard about this section too, and I'll remind you again of that. Is Ephesians is written to the faithful in Christ, right? The, the, uh, we also often call it the pinnacle of revelation to the first century church, right? Because it's the height of the doctrine. And right in the middle of that, God says you shouldn't lie. That's interesting, isn't it? I find that interesting. You would think that if a person is faithful in Christ, that's, you would naturally not lie. Well, for some reason, God had to have it put here, right, in Ephesians, for us to remember, put away lying. That's what it says. Not because God will love you more if you do or don't, but because of all he's done. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Here, you know, God's exhortation that if there's anything that I'm holding in my heart, anger, you know, uh, he says to deal with it before sundown. Get it off your mind. You know, and, and when Jesus Christ was talking about there's something between you, just deal with it, you know, and before you even worship. And here God says, don't be angry. You know, if you get angry, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Um there's sometimes you can carry thoughts about people. I mean anybody. Anybody. Could be your family, could be external, could be any, anybody. You could carry thoughts about, your, about, about people in your mind all the time to the point that they have a very detrimental impact on your life. And here, you know, he says before sundown, you deal with that and, and, you know, you move on. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Clear the cluttered stuff in your mind. Um, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. The faithful in Christ would never consider stealing with him. The- Let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Right? That- and this is not cursing and all that stuff. I mean, not good either, but... This is more, you know, anytime, anytime people would speak that which leads a brother or sister astray, or maybe maybe denies something from somebody who is not a brother or sister. You know, uh, anyone puts a stumbling block in someone's way. All those kind of things, none of that stuff, none of that stuff is to be accepted in our lives. Proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God interesting consequence if we don't do those things right whereby you are sealed onto the day of redemption let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice you know i know people i was speaking to a gentleman last week actually and he told me that you know a certain relative in his family that had uh, passed away a little while ago, and he said, I hated that person until the day he died. I could never forgive him, never, I had so much hatred for him. I'm thinking, that's a terrible way to live life, isn't it? It's not a horrible way to live. I mean, you could be here, God says, get rid of all bitterness. Why would you and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, in who again, based on Romans 1 through 8 and Ephesians 1 through 3, and all the wonderful. Blessings that have been given to us and seated in the heavenlies. Why would we ever want to carry any kind of bitterness in our heart towards anybody? Right? Is there? Is there? Is there? I was trying to think last night about the benefits of bitterness. <laughs> I said maybe I'll share it tomorrow on the benefits of bitterness. I couldn't find any. <laughs> What's that? Can yeah, get cancer is a good benefit. You know. You know. So let on he says. Don't carry any bitterness why would i want to carry bitterness in my heart towards anybody wouldn't that hurt your ability to minister wouldn't that hurt your ability to believe god and trust god and, and to have joyful relationship with him certainly it would let all bitterness get just get rid of that clutter it's not it's not that's not good for you it can actually cause like you just mentioned it could can cause actual physical harm to our lives the bible in fact calls it a root of bitterness because it takes root in your heart he even calls men husbands to not be bitter against their wives in Ephesians I'm sorry Colossians 2 pinnacle revelation so that would mean that there might be a temptation for husbands to be bitter against their wives and God says ah don't do that not because if you don't do it I I love you anymore but because of everything I've done for you don't even let that thought cross your mind it's clutter. It's, it 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 fogs your mind and your ability to serve and honor and worship God. That's it's right here in the middle of Ephesians, that all bitterness and wrath and anger you know, and all of it and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice. He says, "Get rid of it all." It's not helpful. It's not a blessing. And be kind one to another tenderhearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you and that is you know Jesus Christ's forgiveness and and all that God has done through him is the greatest example of forgiveness we could ever have because he gave his life He gave his life there's a wonderful lesson in forgiveness in Luke chapter 17 that we should read at this point Luke 17 The, you know, the gentleman that I was talking to he had been unable to forgive this relative his whole life and he said that he went to the funeral and wanted to um, see if that might help him and it never had helped him that's too bad, it's sad right because you know bitterness, unforgiveness, lack of forgiveness, or issues you might have with with a believer or otherwise, all these things that you might carry your whole life you're you know you're essentially allowing the other person to impact your life and they may not even be alive <laughs> they're not even around, and you're actually allowing that and and God says, you know you just get rid of that stuff it's 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 not it's not helpful and Jesus Christ here gives a wonderful lesson in this. To the disciples, verse 1, Luke 17, then say unto the disciples, It is impossible, but the offenses will come. But woe unto them through whom they come. Were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespassed against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turned again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. That's an interesting verse. You might think, you know, logically you sit down, okay, let's talk about forgiveness. Here's how forgiveness works. Someone does you wrong, and you say in your, in your mind, when that person realized the wrong they did to me, and they finally... Seek God's repentance in their life and go to Him. Then I'm going to forgive this person. That might be something that I might be inclined to think. I would say that it's very hard for a person who sins you know, seven times in a day within that same day to have gone through that process. It doesn't happen that quickly. So is the person who does you wrong and their response to a situation the criteria for your forgiveness? Nothing. Nothing seven times in a day how can that gentleman or person whoever it is possibly go off seven times in the same day you, you might think if he did it the third time you go he certainly didn't learn his lesson did he jesus said jesus christ said that's not the, that's not the criteria you forgive you know remember when peter asked him how many times in a day and we did have a number in the fellowship 490 was a number right after the 490th one fraction you can crush the no he says seven you forgive him that's what jesus christ said you forgive that's a pretty high high calling and in fact so high the disciples were not very happy or willing to receive it and the lord and the apostle said unto the lord increase our faith in other words that is not an easy thing to do is it so he gives him a lesson and the lord said if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed." You might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. It doesn't take a lot of believing to do that kind of forgiveness. He said, it just takes a little bit, but, it's, it, but the thing is, you have to do it. You have to actively do that. And then he goes on. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he go, come from the field, go and sit down to meat'?" And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Well, you know, does he thank that servant? Because did the, the, the things that were commanded him? I don't think so, I trow not. So likewise you, when you shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done that which was our duty to do. It is the duty of a believer to forgive. It's a duty. It's not a suggestion. It's a duty. Isn't it wonderful to be able to live life and not to have anything in our mind or heart towards anybody? You know, we used to say, we haven't got the time in life to carry bitterness or anger towards anybody. Because why would I want to allow this other person to have an impact on my life when you know and you know if you if you study biblical forgiveness a little bit further you, you know you you recognize that yeah sure somebody might do you wrong and you might think well you know that person really wronged me really hurt me you know hurt my heart really really badly or whatever and you might think well i'm not going to be able to trust that person for a while and that's that's a perfectly valid statement isn't it i mean doesn't mean you can't forgive that there's, there's a huge difference there i may not trust somebody it may take a little bit of time for me to earn somebody or some, their person to earn my trust or your trust but i can still forgive and biblical forgiveness is gets to the point where you actually forgive somebody to the point that you will not bring that fault up to that person ever again you will not bring that fault up to anybody else, that person did to you. And in fact, you'll never bring it up in your own mind. And that's where it has to get. It can eventually get to where that, that, that thought that doesn't even cross your mind anymore that it happened. That's how much freeing it can be to get the clutter out of our minds about these situations. Whatever they might be. Whoever the person might be. I don't want anybody else's to decide my fellowship with God. It's up to me and my choices. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1. This is a few verses here on the reasons again. If you then or sin should be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth in the right hand of God. Set your affection on things which above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. And you know, uh, this was taught in fellowship a few weeks ago. You can go back and listen to that wonderful teaching on this section. The blessings that... uh, jesus christ has made available to us you know risen with him seated with him affection on the things above and all the glory that's coming and all this and then he says in verse four five mortify therefore because you know this to be true in your life you know you have a hope that is sure and steadfast you know it's real you know where we're going and then he goes mortify therefore because of that again notice again the therefore it's there again right Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh in the children of disobedience, in the which you also some sometime when you were lived in them. But now you also put off all these. Why? Because of that wonderful preamble about the Lord and His coming back and all that. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy communication out of our mouths. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with the disease. Remember that old adage, you know, if you if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember. But if you lie, you got to remember. Because <laughs> then your lie builds upon lie upon lie. And you got to keep the whole structure sound, <laughs> right, the foundation. But if you speak the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Because next time, you're going to speak the truth again. It's much lighter living, isn't it? Verse 10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Whether it was neither Jew, Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies and kindness, humbleness of mind. You know, what, what, what great things. If someone talks, you talk to somebody and you come across with humbleness, mercy, meekness, long-suffering. People might be tempted to say, you know, I really enjoy this person's fellowship because they're merciful. They don't deal with me according to the sins that I've committed. They don't deal with me maybe according to past wrongs that I've done them. They don't seem to have that in their heart about me, ever. What a great way to live life. And what a way if we actually live that way. Every morning you wake up and there's Nothing on your heart against anybody. What a a way to have, you know, we used to say, um, travel light, that was the expression we used, travel light, you know, nothing, you don't carry these burdens, and the worst burdens we know are the ones, the worst prisons are the ones that are mental, mental prisons, you know, those things that lock up our minds, the way we think of others, the way, you know, maybe somebody did something to us, or maybe we have a hard time thinking well about somebody. Well, Verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And put all, above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We're going to jump back to Matthew 5, almost done, Matthew chapter 5. For a hard-to-believe lesson in love from Jesus Christ, again he seemed to be, a, seemed to be—he was the master at all these things. And again, this is taught before he had accomplished everything. Before we had the blessings of Romans one through, you know, eight, and Ephesians one through three, and Colossians—all those wonderful things—he was teaching this as he was teaching them about love, Matthew five forty-three. You have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Come on! That's not possible. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. That's You know, it's hard to believe. imagine, isn't it? Like Essentially... It says, you know, don't throw rocks at the guy cut you off. When snowballs will be enough? No, i just kidding. You know, pray for the pray for them that despitefully use you, uh, like, and persecute you. Why, that you may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven, for He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. If you love them that which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so and people who don't believe in God or they tend generally to treat people well who treat them well, I mean generally. So what difference? But be therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Now how's that how's that for walking in love? you know you, th- you sit down and think about that okay well I don't have you know a lot of daily situations where I'm tempted to hate my enemies and here he says love them not even not even a single situation how can you love does that mean you trust your enemy necessarily no not necessarily but you can decide not to let this other person whoever it might be to have any kind of control over your life any kind of impact on your life you can choose to do that to walk lightly you know even you know we know that wonderful chapter on love in first corinthians where it says love does not envy anybody love has love doesn't have any jealousy in it it doesn't think about you know people who impute it doesn't impute wrong to people who do things wrong to you oh there's there's paul i oh, know three things he did to me last month Ticked them off, you know, he hasn't quite repented towards me for those things. And then Paul says, oh, there's Raj. Oh, yeah, well, what did he do to me last? You know, all that. Does that bless anybody? Does that help us in our relationship with God? Not at all. And so Jesus Christ teaching them, you know, leading them towards, and this is before he had done everything for us. How much more now with all that we have seated in the heavenlies, you know, buried with him, raised with him, all those things, can we not represent our Father in heaven? When we deal with people, day by day situations. They go, oh, okay. And that's, we do that because He's our Father, and because He has done all this for us. We don't allow all these things and thoughts to clutter our minds when we go to Him. We'll close in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. So clear the clutter. It's a good thing to do regularly. You know, we, I know the, Garbage guys come around only once a week, but we can take the trash out every day if we want to. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We looked at joy a little while ago too, but and certainly those kind of things we looked at briefly today rob us of our joy as well. They don't help. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, don't be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, you know, if we are looking for things to think about other than those other things, he gives us a nice list. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and any praise, think on these things. You know, compared to all the other things that we could have thought about. And in Philippians' previous chapter also tells you, you know, where we don't look back, we look ahead. We're always looking ahead uh, to what's coming up ahead. Because we know where we're going you know, and boy, that should fill us with joy every single day. There should be, shouldn't be a day, and there are, I know we have challenges. There shouldn't be a day that we allow the, you know, the clutter of society in our minds towards whatever is happening, living you know, towards the world and all the society and government authorities and all that to the best of our ability, living without reproach, doing our best, but then even on a higher level, in our minds, not carrying anything, Any bitterness, wrath, anger, blasphemy, lack of forgiveness. All those things which should just be put out with the trash. Cleared away because of all that we've been given by the work of Jesus Christ.